Hey, it's Craig. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Canadian History X early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Canadian History X. If you grew up in the 80s and 90s, then chances are you recognize the song that I just played. It's from Fred Penner's Place. And speaking for myself, I grew up with the friendly giant and then Fred Penner. And today on the podcast, I had the absolutely amazing pleasure of interviewing Fred Penner himself, a fantastic individual about his career and his life, and I hope you all enjoy it. So let's go to Fred Penner. What led you to uh, to music at a young age? Ooh, well, birth, I think, had something to do with it. <laughs> uh, the, the, there was such a range. I, I'm, I'm from a family of five, the middle child. My, I have an older brother and sister, and so they, they were they're nine and ten years older so they in in the in the 50s they were into that music that was coming on there's there were a lot of a lot of boy bands a lot of you know the beginning of rock and roll was happening i mean that was a pretty vibrant decade the 50s and uh and my parents were very much into classical and orchestral music and opera and on the and the swing music from the forties. So I you know, I mean I look at it at everything as you know, as as decades, obviously. Mm-hmm. And so when I was growing up my parents were you know, would would play would play all this wonderful music and uh and it, it that became just a part of part of my life and my appreciation. I had a very good ear for music. And so I learned uh, I learned some piano from my sister, and I, I didn't start playing guitar till I was fifteen. But singing was was the sort of main uh, musical direction for me in choirs from you know grade you know elementary school all the way up. Um, so I it, it was just something that I I really gravitated to that 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 seemed like the the one thing that I could do. I wasn't a very good academic student but uh, but the extracurricular work that I did in, in schools was really critical for for my you know self self-worth and development but it it all went back to you know just the sounds that I grew up with and mm-hmm. the church music etc and it all it all got inside of me and my musical memory is strong so it it uh, it has stayed with me obviously for <laughs> these many many years. <laughs> Um, were there any musicians that kind of heavily influenced you growing up? Uh, not, uh, not so much. The, the, I mean, the, the wonderful range of music that I that I heard, 
uh, you know, gave gave me a sense of of how vast the spectrum of music is, and and my earlier my earlier memories of uh, really hinged on on storytelling with with music as a, as sort of a back. Uh, um, What's the word? The music was was almost incidental with with some of the stuff I listened to. There were some great storytellers, uh, Danny Kay, um, names you may or may not remember, but <laughs> Ray Ray Bolger, Danny Kay, Red Skelton, mm-hmm. uh, the the great Gildersleeve was a was an on on radio storyteller. You know, wonderful, vibrant sound, beautiful voice. You know, telling stories. And, and there were there were musical components that were part of the stories, but I, I I remember spending a lot of time listening on the radio to to these these characters. So those there was a lot of influence in my life from from these storytellers because I would get right into you know it's it's like a podcast in many ways. Mm-hmm. It's you know hearing somebody talking about uh, about about a story that they had heard or where it came from. Um, so I, I didn't have any particular musical influences from, from that point of view. Um, once I started playing guitar, then that was heading into the sixties. And, and then of course it went, it went crazy with, with the Beatles and the Stones and Cat Stevens and, uh, James Taylor and Joni Mitchell and all of those amazing sixties performers that, uh, that certainly did influence my, my, uh, appreciation of music and my ability to learn and play their songs um what made you decide to record a version of the cat came back uh i I, a couple of things came there i remembered uh when i was growing up a uh, there was a singer his name was sonny james and he did a major version of the cat came back the, the the original from the 1890s was uh, was a minor the one that I do the E minor D C B7 chord progression and uh, and I didn't he- I didn't hear that one until sort of later in life but I I remember this this major version it was sort of a country well the cat came back the very next day cat came back thought he was a goner cat came back because he couldn't stay away you know it was uh, it, it was sort of a bluegrass country tune. And uh, in in the mid seventies or so, my uh, my my brother, my younger brother, and I, and and a cousin of mine, we were sitting, just doing some jamming and flipping through an old folk song encyclopedia, and and sure enough, turned the page, and there was the cat came back. I thought, oh, I I I know the name, I remember that song, and then I started playing it. It was, oh, this is different than I want than the one I recall. And so we just started, and it's such a, a perfect c- cyclical um, kind of progression that it it was instantly a, a wonderful thing to jam to. You know, you, you just jam in E minor, and, and it's the best thing ever. And uh, so I, I got into got into that progression. We, uh, we we just played with the song for who knows how long, and then uh, I guess it was maybe within within two years of that. Uh, the making of the first record, uh, the opportunity came to me, and uh, and so I started as as I do in my in my musical path is I went back to <clears throat> to my earlier 
days and thought about songs that were were of value and important to me. And uh, and the cat came back was still very clear in my brain. Plus, there were lots of other tunes that I that I'd heard and. Um, who was the character? Um, uh, oh, his his name will come to me. It was a song <laughs> called Little, "Little White Little White Duck" that uh, that this this fellow sang. And uh, so anyway, so I found I, I found a number of songs that that I wanted to pass on to another generation through this record. And, uh, and at that point, I was I was writing more songs, so I had. I had probably a third of the album is original, and the rest uh, the rest are, are tunes that I that I had grown up with that I re- that I recalled, mm. and um, and so the so the cat came back was was obviously the the signature song and people just related to that to that tune and the and the storytelling quality of it uh, right off the bat and I was so so delighted that that became my my signature my signature piece uh how did fred penner's place come about mm. uh so much of what i've done over over my musical career was not planned <laughs> i had no intention of of doing a, a an album um in 79 it that came from a, a like a, a godsend, an offer from a, uh, a, a benefactor in Winnipeg. I was doing a, another another show, and this this doctor approached me and, and asked if I had a record. And I, you know, I, I'd only been playing for a short while. I said, No, no, I haven't haven't really thought about that. And he said, Well, we we really like your voice, and we think you should do an album, uh, be to fund it, and uh, basically gave me a blank check to uh to make the album which cost about eight eight thousand dollars in 1979 and uh i thought how how wonderful that that he allowed me uh to to do that um as i was saying it, it was not something i'd ever planned to do so that that just came onto my lap and i i accepted the challenge and created the album you know with with lots of lots of help of course from mm-hmm. friends and and family and uh and then in 1985 you know after after the cat was out there i'd signed with uh with raffi's uh raffi's record label and uh had done more uh i think at that point i had four albums in 1985 four albums were, were in the market and cbc was looking for someone to do a uh, a children's TV show to replace the Friendly Giant, if you recall that from that mm-hmm. era, mm-hmm. and um, and and they had been because that was the heyday of of, uh, of of the family entertainment, the children's performers with with myself and Sharon Wilson Bram and Raffi. We were touring nonstop across the country, and CBC was watching my progress, unbeknownst to me, and um, and so after. After they they got a sense of what what my abilities were and how I approached things, they they contacted me and said uh, out of the blue it was a phone call, and uh, Dodie Rob was the head of children's television back in uh, in that era mid eighties, and uh, she gave me the story and said we're we're looking to do a new TV series we we like your work would you be interested, and I was. Uh, taken aback 
I said, well, uh, certainly, but what what do you want? How do I do this? I, know I had no idea how to even begin to do that. And, uh, and she said, what would you like to do? You know, if you could could do any kind of a series, children's series that you would like, where would you start? What would that what would that look like to you? And so there it was. It was put in my lap. I had no idea initially where I would begin, but but as I said, I I do generally go back to my childhood and think of the things that were influential and important to me. And uh, and of and of course, um, the, nature was an important part of my life. I, I was in I was in scouts and cubs for for a time, and and, and we would go out into the you know, into the wilderness and do camping camping trips. And and I remember how good that made me feel. And I and I had a memory of a a place in Ottawa uh, where my parents and I lived in the mid fifties. And, and I remember there was a big, big bush in the corner of this yard that we, that we had. And I, and I would crawl under these long branches and it would be a little, a little hideaway for me, a little cozy place to sit and think and just enjoy, enjoy the, the, the beauty of nature under there. And, um, this is maybe more than we were expecting. Oh no, this is after, but the, uh, but I, I had a couple of chickens, chicken pets, in uh, in in Ottawa when uh, we lived there, my my parents were raised on farms in uh, in Manitoba, so they they were very happy to have have a couple of chickens running around the backyard, and one of those chickens was killed by uh, a neighbor's cat, and so I took it upon myself to bury my uh, my pet chicken, and the place you know I wanted a, a place of comfort and calm, and going under these bushes to this comfort place that I had, this calm place, I decided that would be a good spot to bury the chicken. So I went under, I dug, I dug a grave, I put the chicken in it and uh, covered it up, put a little grave marker. And so when the idea to come up with Fred Penner's place came along, I thought, I don't want, I, I want this to be a journey. I want this series to encourage uh encourage the the environment the the beauty of nature to be there and it had to be a, a journey to get there it w- wasn't just a knock on the door and come on in but you had to tra- travel across a field and and buy a fence or and or, or balance on a rock or, or say hello to the birds or a beaver swimming in the water you had to be out there until finally you got to the log and you lifted up those branches as i did in the in the 50s lift up those branches and crawl into the log and then the opening that would be the opening montage and then uh, then of course the audience would would join me on the other side, and we would begin our 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 protected environment, our protected day of of music and uh, stories and and just uh, just dialogue with with the with the audience members. Um, I know, speaking for myself, I I used to be I used to watch the Friendly Giant, and then he wasn't on TV anymore, and there was this new guy who was coming through a log, um, <laughs> and, which I. I you know, I immediately loved your show and everything too. Um, but did you feel any pressure taking over that spot from the friendly giant who had been on for so long? 
Not, I mean, I, I was a, a huge fan of the Friendly Giant as well. Um, so it was, it was odd that that I would be taking over over that spot. And and there was there was a sort of tongue in cheek time where where people, you know, where or there there was some some PR saying I was the the giant killer. <laughs> okay, well, thank you very much. It was it wasn't my choice. Um, yeah, there, there was there was a little a little bit of pressure in all of that. You know, following Bob Homie's um, legacy of 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 being a a, a gentle giant, mm-hmm. and uh, and and there have been. Well, I hadn't thought of this before, but but in some of my PR, uh, there there is a, a a phrase of calling me a gentle giant because mm-hmm. I'm you know I'm six two, a couple hundred pounds, and uh, and so it. I I think I I've I've. I wasn't trying to fill his shoes, but I but I think I maintained a kind of delicate approach to the audience that uh, that the friendly giant did. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it was uh, he he didn't he didn't condescend. You know, it was it was it was very it was a very gentle approach to interacting with the audience. It was high. Come on in. I, you know, I, I, there's. I'm going to move these chairs around. There's a, there's a chair for two to crawl, crawl up, and I'll move this close to the <laughs> fire. And you, 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 you felt like you were being included in this, you know, in, in this program that um, he was respecting you and your comfort and where you would be, and and uh, and then he would go into, you know, a, a song and he'd play his his recorder, that beautiful recording recorder music, and. Uh, and, and so I think I, I did honor his style, even even though I wasn't trying to emulate the style. I, I honored what he did, and um, and I like to think that 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 my show had a, had a similar, you know, non condescending quality to it. Well, I know that I I, I love the Friendly Giant, but I, I loved your show just as much. So, you oh, certainly succeeded. Um, is it great for you to see kids? Uh, you entertained in the '80s and the '90s. Now bringing their own kids to your concerts, uh, you know, it's over. It's over the moon. I, I again would never have in the beginning have even thought about that. Th- that circle of of life coming around was something I hadn't I hadn't anticipated. And when it finally s- became obvious that that the parents were into. Uh, that the kids were into what what I was doing, and when they reached adulthood, inevitably they wanted to bring their children along, you know, the same ride of things that were important to them. I mean, that's what what every parent does, you know, regardless of what what style or or or, or musical background they're coming from. They will pass on what they felt in their own life to their children because you want your kids to be like you basically mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so uh so that started happening and it was uh, and, and it wasn't just that the audience was uh was reconnecting with me as time went by and trying to reconnect with the with the series but it was the depth of contact that uh, that blew my mind a little bit because it wasn't it was a uh, we really appreciated the way that you uh, approached the the art of doing television, mm-hmm. the, the the style of of sharing 
of sharing with uh, with the television audience. We we got into what you were doing. We felt the respect that you were you were bringing to the table. We 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 felt that we were part of this process, and that was that was the the highest compliment that I I could possibly receive. You know, the the audiences uh, felt touched by touched and affected in a positive way by what I was doing. And, uh, and it's just grown exponentially over, over the time. Um, I mean, that, that's what brought me into playing universities uh, a number of years ago, once, once the TV series had ended. And I wasn't sure, you know, really where the career was going to go from that point. I mean, I was still doing festivals and soft seat concerts, but, but that, that huge chunk of my life, 13 years and a thousand shows, changed changed my 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 perspective completely but but there there i was released from from that commitment and now what what was i going to do and uh and then i'd i'd heard that mr dress up had been going to universities you know sharing his his work with uh with the students but but, but he was going for for lunchtime and doing doing that and uh, and because I came from uh, you know an earlier generation of playing the bars and club scene, I thought, well, let, let's see if there's you know something can happen around that. And so the company that I work with, Pacan Entertainment, they pitched that to universities. And at first, the universities were, "What are you talking about, Fred Penner coming to do a bar? Are you crazy?" And uh, and then then they talked to their student population and said what, what would you think of this and they said yes thank you please <laughs> yes 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 so i uh so i jumped in and uh and we played every campus from from coast to coast victoria to halifax and the these kids who were who i grew up with this is pre them becoming parents mm-hmm. <clears throat> but just seeing you know looking at their lives and inevitably these young people would think about the uh, the influences that they had when they were growing up, which led to me, which led to my my playing the the, the bars, and and they were so pumped and so excited. It was almost like a form of primal therapy, really. Just amazing, amazing responses, standing ovations, and, and singing, and tears, and hugs from you know from from everybody. I mean, it was very very enlightening very powerful uh what since music is such a big part of of what you do with with children what is the power of music for child uh, development do you feel um it it goes to the core we you know I, I've, I've i've done you know had some early childhood conferences and and uh other other people and this is this is not not my theory but but it starts with a heartbeat you feel that pulse in your body that uh that 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 keeps you moving that's constant from the day you're born until the day you die you feel the, the rhythms of life around you you know you'll hear you'll hear a sound and uh, and it'll it'll uh, whether it's necessarily musical or not it, it'll be a rhythmic pattern uh, you know, it, and it can come from 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 so many directions. The, you know, he, I, I hear the music, the title track of my last album, uh, is is very much talking to that. You know, the the uh, 
the, the sound of a jet plane in the sky, a, a little bird sitting on my windowsill, uh, you know, singing a song. What a trill. So you hear, you hear the sounds around you, and in, inevitably, those sounds find a place in your in your being, and you start to turn them into musical patterns you'll try and imitate the bird perhaps or imitate a sound and so the so the essence of it of it is that 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 music is all around us all the time uh certainly some of us gravitate to it more than than others but but the music starts to form a template for the child to grow with uh, I think we all have music in our lives that become the the you know the songs that you you hear that song it takes you right back to a, to a certain experience in your life you know and that, that's why that's why couples have their song you know they're, they're when they and when they get married they, they have the song that they want to dance to for the first time mm-hmm. so music and songs, and the variety of tunes that we have in our world form uh, a comfort zone for us to go back to. You know, I, I know if, if I'm if I'm needing if I'm needing some comfort, I'll uh, I've got lots lots of songs that that will fill me to the brim. But I'll, I'll go back to the Beatles. I will go back to. Uh, to to James Taylor and, mm-hmm. uh, and and Cat Stevens and Joni and 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 when I listen to those songs, it it relaxes me, it calms me, and I think ultimately that's the purpose of the of music for for children. It is to form that musical template and to ultimately calm them and relax relax the the, the child, the human being, into their into their own spiritual zone. Um, with Hear the Music, you had a lot of guest, uh, guest musicians on there, some of whom who grew up with, with your show. Uh, can you tell me a bit about just how Hear the Music came about uh, a few years ago? Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd been working on lots of songs. I hadn't done an album for, I don't know how many years, in, in a seven or eight anyway. And, uh, and there's a company out of uh, close to Hamilton, Waterdown, called Linus music and i and i had signed with them with a previous project that i had done a while back the um uh there was another album that i had called where in the world and uh, and they were distributing that for me and 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 music companies like to have more product coming on board so we we talked about about doing another album and um and the idea of doing a duets style album had had been you know presented a while ago i I had done some initial work with hoxley workman about that and then the project that we were working on didn't didn't really pan out and then linus came along and said the uh the duet thing would be would be great can we visit that and so i um i i continued to to you know to write write the songs that i had or the ideas that i had and try and bring them uh, a little bit deeper and flushed them out so they were full songs and uh, ultimately I came to my producer Ken Whiteley who had worked on the first four albums that I had done and uh, and, and, and he was prepared to produce this album and I said I've, I know I've got 14 or so songs and here's the idea to try and make 
make many of the songs into uh, songs that I can bring other people into. You know, so let's listen to these tunes and see of of the of the people in in the musical my musical world, which would include Good Lovelies, Ron Sexsmith, uh, Alex Cuba, um, Carol Lightfoot, Basha Bulat, uh, these young, these young fabulous entertainers who I had met at festivals, you know, over over the time, and uh, I thought, well, which song that I have would fit with one of these people? So I, I have a Spanish song. Well, Alex, of course, would be the logical choice there. Um, so it was just a matter of looking at the style of the song, the feel of the song, and matching it to the the, the voice of 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 some of these uh, people. So Ron Sexsmith came in and and sang uh, sang harmonies with two of my two of the tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, that, that's where that's where it came, and and so many of the. Uh, performers on the roster that uh, Linus Entertainment has were were uh, were excited about the possibility of, of coming coming along on this journey with me. Uh, as it turned out, I had way more people than songs to to do that. Matt <laughs> Anderson would have, would have loved to have done something, and I would have been over the moon if I had been able to do something with him. He's such a talent. Um, anyway, so we so we 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 did. We used as many performers as we possibly could, and then finally had to, and to you know draw a line and finish the project. But I, I I think in the future I would, I would certainly entertain the notion of doing, doing something again, and you know bringing in more performers for for another round. But that's that's essentially the way that unfolded. And uh, just my last question, uh, obviously with COVID nineteen, everything's kind of on a hiatus. But uh, what what do you have upcoming? Uh, it's it's been a very interesting little turn of events here. Uh, I mean, we you know, we ground to a halt in Edmonton about halfway through my my cat came back tour, and uh, you know got into the sequestering here. I'm I'm on Vancouver Island. My wife and I bought a property here a year ago, so I'm getting a bit of a glimpse of what uh, of what semi retirement <laughs> might be. You know, looking out on our little half acre of, of, of wilderness um but since since the since the covid hit nobody was sure exactly what would happen but the promoters of festivals uh the the people who were hoping to have live performance have now been getting into the the zoom or the facebook live mm-hmm. world and uh and supporting live performance from uh, from I mean, just about every every musician I know mm-hmm. has done something online. You know, whether it's as as, as simple as singing a couple of lullaby, lullabies for a for a, a, a the, the 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 Brampton Library system that's that's trying to do something. Uh, the Down Syndrome Society. Uh, I've been connected with Down Syndrome for well for all my life. My my younger sister was born with Down Syndrome, so I've I've held that as my you know, as a, as a very important part of my life. Uh, so I'll be doing a concert, I think, on the, the middle of June mm. for for them. Um, I've got another concert coming up. We, we were uh, with Pacan Entertainment, the, the, uh, my agent, 
the agency that I work with who had, had booked all these, you know, these gigs that had to be canceled, you know, where they were saying, well, let's, let's do a, you know, a good online Fred Penner concert. Let's put that together. And so we were in the process of doing that. And then, uh, the folks from folk on the rocks folks from folk on the rocks exactly <laughs> uh they they contacted and said because the fence the festival up in Yellowknife has been canceled we would love to do you know do a, a an online performance with fred and uh so that is is happening in uh, i think in about two weeks i'll do a, a full hour uh, our our online concert mm-hmm. there, and there's more and more of these things that are starting to unfold. So I'm 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 pretty busy right now, <laughs> but I'm I'm having to having to say no to some of these things because there, um, there's there, there's many that are are not are not paying anything. Mm-hmm. So I I you know I still need to make a living. So I I, I do look at you know, uh, trying to find a balance there of, mm-hmm. of doing things that I can do for, for nothing that are, are important to me and other things that, that there will be a, you know, a minimal charge. I think they're doing like a seven, a $7 ticket mm-hmm. through, uh, you know, great. You know, that's, yeah. that's a, that's a fraction of, of what, of what, um, previous shows have been. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, you know, Dan Mangan, uh, it does sound familiar. Yes. Yeah, he's a, a very uh, popular uh, folk artist out of Vancouver, and he's uh, he's been connected with a um, an online booking uh, site called Side Door, and it's uh, and and it's 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 essentially a company that will facilitate the sale of tickets for a special event. Okay. And and so uh, so we don't have to do that. We we just we just connect with with uh, with the folks at Side Door, and and they do all of the all of the the, the footwork and the PR in, in in setting up this gig, and and they take a, like a small percentage, and and then the majority of whatever is is raised goes to the goes to the artist. So that kind of thing is is happening across the board mm-hmm. and uh and the buyers are seeing more and more opportunity for them because it costs them next to nothing to do that mm-hmm. where where they don't have to get a sound system they don't have to get lighting they don't have to rent a, a theater they don't have to do any of that all they have to do is publicize it and uh and, and away we go. So th- this is this is and 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 the performer still gets to do. I still get to do what I love to do. Mm-hmm. But what I'm missing is the you know is the immediate feedback and seeing the faces of the you know of, of the audience of mm-hmm. the children and the you know and the parents. That that is that's hard to uh, to handle be because I, I I am a live performer and, and I so much enjoy that mm-hmm. but uh, but I am finding my you know my my zoom vibe my <laughs> Facebook vibe and you know and, and approaching a performance like that from because it's a different uh, it's a different angle but it's still it, it's sort of going back to Fred Penner's place in, in a bit where mm-hmm. where you <clears throat> um and then this was very much a critical part of the of the series is uh when i was in front of the camera 
for all those shows on CBC and, and any television that I've done over the years, it's seeing that camera as one child. Don't think of it. Don't be overwhelmed that it's it's going to be taking your image and your sound to thousands of people across the country. Mm-hmm. Think of that camera as one child. And then it changes your whole approach. It changes your energy when you when you look at that lens and and see it as you know as it's just a just one one person you're talking to. You're not you're not trying to yell to 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 a, a massive <laughs> audience. You're, you're, you can bring it down. You can bring mm-hmm. the gentleness down. And so that that is that's much the way that I'm approaching my my uh, my concerts now is is that one child. And it, it feels, it's starting to feel very good, mm-hmm. actually. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Canadian History X. And if you did, please give a rating and review. You can support the podcast by going to Patreon at patreon.com slash Canada EHX. You can email me any questions you have at craig at canadax.com. Remember, that's EHX. And you can visit my website where you'll find hundreds of articles on Canada's history. Just go to canadax.com. Thanks, and we'll see you again next time.